mountain can't be
Mark 14, verses 12 to 26. And on the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, where will, we, where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. And wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, The teacher says, Where is my guest room, where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished and ready. There, prepare for us. And as the disciples set out and went to the city and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. And when it was evening, he came with the twelve. And as they were reclining at table and eating, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be sorrowful and to say to him one after another, Is it I? He said to them, It is one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread into the dish with me. For the Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. And as they were eating, he took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them and said, Take, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when they had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they drank all of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. The Gospel. The splendor of a king Clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice Let all the earth rejoice He wraps himself in light And darkness tries to hide And trembles at his voice And trembles at his voice how great is our God, so sing with me, how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. From age to age He stands, and time is in. Hands, beginning and the end, 
Sunday we gather together and we remember Jesus when he came into Jerusalem and he came with a purpose to seek and to save the lost and the crowds lined the streets shouting Hosanna which means save us so with um, a sense of intent and purpose and meaning and love he stayed the course throughout the week, and now we pause in that upper room. And they're celebrating, remembering the Passover. Tomorrow, we're going to gather again and remember another part of the journey. One that, I don't know about you, for me it's hard, it's really difficult to think about him dying on a cross. Not because he deserved it, because he desired it. He desired to seek and to save you and me. So I invite you to come back tomorrow at 6.30. And then we, we make our way through Saturday. It's called Silent Saturday. It's a day where we can reflect on all the events that have happened so far. But then keep thinking about Easter. The victory. 
the empty tomb. And again, service times are going to be at 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock and invite you to come in and celebrate the goodness of this Jesus. And today as we, we continue in worship, uh, just a reminder, we're going to be celebrating what Jesus gave us 2,000 years ago, the, the gift of Holy Communion. And so if you didn't get a chance to receive the elements, make your, if you would make your way out into the uh, family gathering area by the kitchen and you can receive these elements that you can celebrate with us. And um, my prayer for you and me is that we would rejoice and we give thanks for all that he has done for us. Let's continue to worship. Rise up, oh heart, believe, let the 
gospel reading I read to begin our time, there was that moment when Jesus said, one of you is going to be, betray me. And then it says they were sorrowful, and then one after another were saying, is it I? And here's the uh, sobering truth. Jesus says that to all of us. You're, you're going to betray me. You're not going to always listen to what I command you or what I ask of you. You're going to betray me. What I'd like to do is take a little journey of silence. Silence, when it's planned, I always say is, it can be a powerful moment. So I would like for you in the, the silence in your heart, just go through life a little bit. And think about those moments where you didn't trust Jesus. Or, let's be very specific to what happened, uh, those moments where you betrayed him, where you didn't listen to his word. And, and in that silence, I, I, I want you to, to bring that to mind. But then, more than that, I'm going to talk about the forgiveness that comes in Christ. Let's take time now to, to ponder that. Almighty God, in his mercy, has sent his only Son to come to die for you. And through what Jesus did 2,000 years ago and what he is doing right here, right now, he is bringing forgiveness 
and hope and peace and joy. Yes, he accomplished all of that for you and for me because he loves us. I'm going to share what's called the invocation. Uh, You're going to hear the names of God in, in a moment where we need it the most. And also, I want you to know that he knows your name as well. And he, he knows it in, in kind of a, a delightful way because when we're forgiven, God looks at us and he smiles from ear to ear because he sees Jesus. Be assured your sins are forgiven in the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. invite you to take the elements out. If you would just go back in time, just picture Jesus in that upper room 
Jesus with some of his closest friends near him. He knew them by name. He knew them by situation and circumstance. He knew their, their gifts and abilities, but also their shortcomings. And I could picture as he's giving this precious meal out to his friends, he was, he was at least maybe privately, silently was saying, hey, Peter, here's, here's my body for you, my blood for you to forgive you. He needed to hear that because later on, Peter really struggled. And I hope that you do the same thing. So even though I'm not going to be saying your name up here, Jesus, as, as you're taking that, he is saying, you know what, Tom? This is for you, for your forgiveness. So let me share with you those words of institution. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he's betrayed, took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, which is given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. So if you would, take the bread and take and eat the body of Christ given for you. If you would take the wine or the juice and take and drink, this is the blood of Jesus shed for you. And now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you steadfast in the one true faith to life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen.
God. His death reconciled us. We live sanctified to become what we already are. join together and pray the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Did you have enough? Any of you ever had that question asked of you at the end of a meal? I mean, uh, Kristen and I talk uh, about this, and we joke about it. Like, at my household, 
when my family puts together a meal, they make sure there's plenty so that you don't run out. Yeah. And um, my mom was a, a big instigator of that. She would just have more than enough. And um, that question would come out, and if we wanted more, we could have more. We live in a world where there is a, a plethora of food. In fact, I'm going to show you this slide. Once upon a time, before COVID, we used to have these potluck dinners. Have you ever gone to a potluck dinner? It's heavenly. Right? So many different things there, so many things that you may, may like. Maybe there's some things you don't like. But the choices, and you go through each one, and it's like a little of that, a little of this, and more of that, and more of this, and your plate gets pretty full. We also live in a world where we have lots of choices, not just at a potluck dinner. Restaurants galore. Um, when I lived, uh, when we lived in Iowa, little town, 2,500 people, um, the joy that was heard around the world when a McDonald's was built in that town. <laughs> wow! Now, that little town has lots of restaurants. And, you know, here in Columbus, we have lots of restaurants. Not as much as Omaha or Lincoln, but we still have lots. And then they have this really cool thing. You can go on your app, you can order the food, and it could be delivered to you. I mean, how much better could it get? It can. That's where I want to take you today. I'm going to take you on a journey um, looking at Jesus and looking at the kind of food that he provides and what does it mean for us today. Take you to John chapter 6, and the storyline is Jesus feeds the 5,000. Miraculous, right? A whole bunch of people follow him. Uh, they want to hear his teaching, and it's time to eat, and there's concern about it. And there's a young lad, right? Some fish, some bread. Jesus blesses it, breaks it, passes it out, and what ends up happening? More was left over than what they started with. And everyone had plenty. Amazing. But then he shifts gears. Um, in John chapter 6, so he does this physical feeding of the 5,000, and he does some spiritual teaching. And we get him talking about this bread that he can give. So I'm going to take you to John chapter 6, verse 27 and 29. Uh, Do not work for food that spoils, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So touching on a very important part of this is God sent his son 
who is going to feed and nurture and take care of humanity in a way that only God can do. The world wants to offer all kinds of options and all kinds of opportunities. And sad to say, the world runs after those things. And yet Jesus says, I want to give you something different. I want to give you something better. I want to give you something that lasts forever. Verse 51. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Now, we we look at those words and and it's very picturesque. But I love what he says, which I will give for the life of the world, which means this. If he is not offering this, there is another alternative, and that's death. Jesus knew full well that because of sin, because of human depravity, because of all the stuff that, you know, we know full well in this world that we live in, death is a reality. But he says, I want to offer you something different. I want to offer you something that has substance, something that will last forever. And that's what we experienced just a moment ago. You know, one of the dangers of having communion and having it often is we just go through the motion and we don't understand the depth and the breadth of what God is doing in that moment. Think of those words. This is my body which is given for you. This is my blood which is shed for you. Definitely pointing to his death and resurrection, but also pointing to the fact that he says, I want to keep feeding you beyond this Passover meal. Because remember, the Passover meal was a a beautiful tradition that was done uh, with the Jewish people for generations. After God saved them from death and slavery, really, from Pharaoh, they were to remember that day. It was kind of looking back into the past. But now he says something different. This bread, this body, this wine, this blood is for the forgiveness of sins, which is also for life. kind of a parting gift. I mean, he knew what was ahead of him, right? He knew that he was going to go out into the garden, and he knew that those close disciples of his, those friends, would keep falling asleep as he's praying. But he also knew that there was going to be this mob that's going to come, and one of his friends named Judas is going to betray him with a kiss. But this is Jesus. Even though he knows that's ahead of him, and he knows what's going to happen, betrayal, arrest, trial, beating, cross, I mean, all of these things are in front of him, and yet he's got, well, the group in that upper room, but he's also got us in his thoughts and heart. 
He wanted to give you and me something that we could hang on to, something tangible and something real. So that as we go through the difficulties of life, as we go through the the ups and the downs and the twists and the turns, that we have something that is certain, something that is eternal, something that is a gift of love. The last verse I want to share goes to the last book in the Bible, the book of Revelation. He says, here I am, this is Jesus, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. It's an invitation. And it's a promise. We live in a world where we have lots of invitations. I think the media does a great job. They're right in front of us. And so much of what the world has to offer is either temporal, which means, boy, it's short-lived, or it's bad. And yet Jesus steps in and says, I got something that's awesome. It's eternal. And he says, invite me. I'll bring to you, and we will be together. And this gift, this meal, will change your life. So my prayer for us as we pause on this Monday, Thursday, uh, we just don't fly through it. Uh, Maybe even as you make your way home tonight, Maybe as you lay in bed trying to fall asleep, think about this Thursday night. Think of the gift that he has given to the church and to the people that make up the church. A meal that lasts forever. And perhaps maybe even tonight as you lay in bed, invite him. Say, Jesus, come on in. I want you closer. I'm going to feed off of what you can give me. Because I know everything else on this earth pales in comparison. So ponder that gift. Know what's coming. Know the events. It's going to turn pretty sour and south. It's going to be tough to watch, but this gift is to give us strength in our journey. Let me share with you a blessing. And again, this blessing is is a gift that comes from God for our journey of life, and it's a personal blessing that God wants to give so that we can live in the way that he wants us to live. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
Adam's throne. This earth you formed was not your home. In love like this, the world had never known. The crown of thorns to mock your name. Forgiveness fell upon your face. And love like this, the world has never known. On the altar of our praise, let there be no higher
It was a different kind of Passover meal, to say the least. I remember right when I sat down, Philip leaned over to me and he whispers, Hey, Thomas, I feel like something special is going to happen tonight. I looked at him and I said, I doubt it. I was wrong. Jesus got up from the table and walked over and grabbed a basin of water and a towel. I remember thinking at the time, what is Jesus doing with the foot water? I doubt he's going to wash anybody's feet. I was wrong. He knelt down and he started washing Bartholomew's feet. Bart just sat there. Didn't say anything. He didn't even move. None of us did. Jesus finished up and went on to James and Andrew and the rest of us. And I remember thinking, this is so strange and yet so wonderful. I doubt anybody's gonna say anything right now. I was wrong. You know who broke the silence? Peter. No way are you gonna wash our feet. I mean, that's what I told him. He could wash other people's feet, but he wasn't gonna wash mine. So I looked at him and I said, Jesus, you're not gonna wash my feet. I mean, you're the king. And he looked at me and he said, well, then you can't have anything to do with me. And I'm like, ouch, okay, wash my feet, wash my hands, wash my whole body if you have to. And he looked at me and he said, no, your feet will be just fine, Peter. In the midst of him washing our feet, he teaches us servanthood. Then Jesus took some bread and some wine. He blessed it and he served it to us. He said it was a new covenant with his blood. And then he said to us, tonight, all of you will lose faith in me. I remember thinking, lose faith in you? Never. But I didn't say anything. I just sat there. I mean, I couldn't just sit there. I had to say something. So I looked at him and I said, Jesus, I love you. You can count on me. And then all the others, they can fall away, but I will not. You can count on me. And he looked at me, and he smiled, and he said, Peter, you will deny me three times before tomorrow morning. Ouch. Next thing I remember, we were wrapping things up, and we were heading out to the garden to pray. Once we got to the garden, it, it got crazy. Jesus asked Peter, James, and myself to go a little further in the garden with him and pray, and we did. Well, we tried. We kept falling asleep, and Jesus kept waking us up. 
I remember one time he said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's true. It's all a blur. I mean, and I think this whole mess got started because of Judas. I mean, did he really think that what he was doing was right? There. There he is. He's the one you want. The one praying by himself. Now the others. They will try to come up and create some sort of scene. But the one I kiss on the cheek, he's the one you want. Now 30 pieces of silver, right? That's what we agreed upon. 30 pieces. Forget about the rest. The one I kiss on the cheek, he's the one you want. A kiss. Judas betrays Jesus with the kiss of a friend. From there, it got crazy. Peter grabs a sword and cuts this guy's ear off. And Jesus reaches down, picks up this guy's ear, puts it right back on his head as if nothing happened. And then, then they took him. I would love to tell you that we fought for him, but we didn't. Everyone ran. I ran. I'm so ashamed. What have I done? What have I done? Was I so stupid to think they've killed him? I've killed him. <laughs> 